From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks. The show that gives you the real-time perspective of the NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. You probably know me from talking about football on your TV screen, but for 11 years, on that football field is where I made my name. However, though, back in the day, Uninterrupted didn't exist, so I couldn't share my thoughts, at least not in real time, without media present. But that's exactly what we're going to do right here with three of the best guys in the league for 17 weeks of the entire NFL season. Here's who we got. Out in NYC, Le'Veon Bell. Yo, it's Le'Veon Bell. I'm glad to get on the field with the New York Jets. I'm glad y'all had me for 17 weeks. Let's get it. Up in Buffalo, Cole Beasley. What up, Nate B? It's your boy Cole Beasley holding it down for Bill's Mafia. I promise to keep it all the way real and uninterrupted. And down south, Jalen Ramsey. Hey, it's Jalen Ramsey. And it's time to make these plays, make this money, and make a good show, too. We ready. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is available exclusively on the Pandora app and SiriusXM On Demand. Be sure to subscribe and share the show, too, while you're at it. All right, let's get to the episode. All three guys sat down and talked about their week one matchups and what they're focusing on for week two. They also touched on some other storylines from around the league. Let's start by throwing it out to Jalen Ramsey. The Jags went up against the juggernaut, falling to the Kansas City Chiefs 40-26. Injuries were the story of this game, though. Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill suffered an injury actually after he got tangled up with Ramsey. Now, we looked at this hit in the media, we talked about it at length, and some even said that it was dirty. But Jalen, he explained the play from his point of view. I pray before every game that, you know, nobody gets seriously injured throughout the game. And I pray for health for not only our side, but their sideline as well. I remember, honestly, it was a pretty routine tackle, uh, but I guess I rolled up on his shoulder or collarbone, whichever one it may be, clavicle something, I'm not sure. And I guess it, you know, he's injured pretty bad. So definitely prayers are for him. Uh, I know you know, the media will try to spin it and, and, and do their own thing with it. But there was no foul play intended in that. Of course, they, you know, zoomed in on, oh, what happened after the play? Uh, you know, Jalen's pushed him or something like that. No, that's not what happened. I didn't knee him. I didn't push him. I didn't do any of that. Uh, my old college teammate, Cam Irving, was right there on the sideline where we were at. And uh, after the tackle, I got up and Cam tried to walk in front of me you know, just being all extra, you know, doing doing what he do. And I pushed off Cam. And Cam, let's be real, Cam's like 275. So I gave him a, I gave him a little push, but I, I, I moved a little bit more than Cam did. And so, yeah, I bumped Tyreek, but there was no foul play intended in that. I never want to uh, injure somebody seriously during the game. I'm all about playing the game fair and right. Uh, and actually, I've talked, I've talked to Tyreek since then, and I've wished him well and uh, you know, he's all good. We are good. He's a great player in this league, and I hope he has a speedy recovery and is able to come back and help their team uh, do do everything that they're capable of doing. And hopefully we can see them later on in the year uh, in the playoffs, hopefully, and they're at full, full speed and full go. The Jags suffered a crucial injury of their own. Jalen tells the story. Our quarterback, Nick Foles, threw a dime touchdown to DJ Chark to pop off the 2019 season for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Uh, And as everybody was watching DJ Chark get up and do his dance and, 
you know, turn up and celebrate his touchdown, we all didn't realize the hit that Nick took. It was a good hit, clean hit, nothing dirty. Uh, but then we started to realize it started to sink in that something had happened to Nick. Now, the rookie that everybody was talking about was Kyler Murray. He was the number one pick overall. But the Jags rookie QB that came in when Nick Foles went down, he was cooking. He got everybody excited, even Jalen. We had this rookie quarterback, Gardner Minshew, who came in. And, and you know, he just did his thing, man. He, he really did his thing. Uh, he held it down. We're going to hold him down uh, the rest of these weeks until Nick can get back healthy and get back out there with us. The good thing about Gardner Minshew being our backup here in Jacksonville and all throughout training camp, he was our backup. He spent a lot of time going against the one defense. And, you know, we like to pride ourselves on thinking that we're one of the best defenses in the NFL, regardless of what we showed out there on Sunday. We're going to get back to it. And he's been going against some of the best of the best. And I think he can be able to go against some other defenses in this league and make a lot of plays. He's, he's truly a learner, and this is going to be a learning process. I like the kid. I remember specifically a story towards the end of training camp. It's the one defense was going against the two offense, and, uh, you know, we were out there trying to disguise and throw him off. You know, rookie quarterback, we're going to throw him off, do this and do that. And, uh, and we did. We were successful in doing that. We disguised some coverages. He threw one up. I caught the pick, but I remember – specifically right after the practice ended, that was towards the end of practice, and right after the practice ended, he came up to me immediately and said, uh, you know, man, I thought y'all were in this, that. This is the coverage y'all were in. That's why I chose to take a shot right then, uh, give my receiver a 50-50 chance. I thought you were going to play it this way and that way. And actually, uh, if I wouldn't have messed up on the coverage, it probably would have been a touchdown. So... Uh, just knowing that, wow, he read that defense, and if I wouldn't have messed up, I ran the completely wrong coverage, uh, and just so happened it worked out for me. So if I wouldn't have ran the wrong coverage, he probably would have had a touchdown, and that just showed me a lot right there. It was like, dang, he really, you know, we were trying to disguise and do some things, and he still was able to read it and get the ball out quickly because we had a blitz coming and uh, gave his receiver a potential to make a play. So I'm excited for him. Gardner Minshew came in and was getting busy. 22 for 25, over 200 yards, and two TDs. Not to mention that mustache is something serious. There's nothing like having a backup quarterback that's ready. Hey, Gardner, it's your turn. The Jets have reason to be optimistic as well with their new-look offense featuring our guy, Le'Veon Bell. Now, they lost a heartbreaker, though. Division rival Buffalo Bills, they got the dub, but Bell... He shined in his first game action in over 600 days. Now, he got into it and told us what it was like being back on the field after so much time away and trying to actually get some sleep the night before. It was fun. Um, the first week, um, actually getting on the field, it was a great experience for me. It kind of felt like my rookie game all over again, but I was a veteran, if that makes sense, you know, because I'm going through all the warm-ups, just eager and anxious to get on the field. I'm just, you know, making sure I got all the plays down. For real, the longest part for me was really Saturday night. So I probably fell asleep around 11, 15, 11, 30. I fell asleep quick. I was tired. And I woke up at like 5, 5 a.m. And was just wired the rest of the time. Like, okay. Um, what time I got to be at the stadium? <laughs> I'm like, I'll be at the stadium at 10, 30. Dang, I got five hours. What am I going to do? But I'm just up just trying to watch highlights and just, you know, getting my playbook a little bit. 
um, make sure everything's sticking to me. But it was literally the longest five hours of my life, you know. Just like a little kid on Christmas. I remember I used to wake up extra early just thinking like, oh, yep, it's time to go open presents. And like, no, it's 3 a.m. We ain't getting up until 7, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it was it, it was a... It was like one of those feelings that I haven't had in a long time, but I'm glad all you know all the nerves and anxiety is all out of me. You know, I went out there the first week. It wasn't the outcome, mm -hmm. obviously, I hoped for. You know, obviously, I wanted to go out there and win the game, you know, but I had fun. I knew I was getting the ball the first play. Coin toss, right? So we're going to coin toss. I actually come to Coach Gates like, what are we doing, offense or defense first? He's like, we're going to defer to the second half. I'm like, Phew, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, at least we get the game going. You know what I'm saying? We end up kicking the ball, whatever. Our defense got to stop. We get the ball. I know I'm getting the ball first play, and it was crazy how like when I'm when I'm getting the ball the first play, we break the huddle. I'm looking at my reads. Everything feels normal. Everything looks normal. I'm getting my steps, and Sam handing me the ball. Everything still looks normal. And once I actually got the ball, I was thinking like, oh, this feels normal. I was so like anxious just to get to that moment, but like once I actually got there, I was like, oh yeah, I'm back. I feel normal. I got my first hit out the way, and then right there, I was just ready to play. Like, okay, let's go. Y'all give me the ball every time if y'all want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like that first one, just getting out of the, getting out of the way. I'm glad you know, Coach Gates, he just gave me the ball. He said, nope, you getting the ball the first play. You know, we are gonna get it out of the way right now, and let's go. I know exactly what that's like. I switched teams three times. And when you get on a new team, you got a new offense, a new fan base, you get nervous before that game. I remember playing for the Seattle Seahawks. I was roommates with Dion Branch, Super Bowl MVP, former Patriot. He's a champ. And we're both in the game plan early. I knew within the first four plays, he was going to touch the ball. I was going to touch the ball. We went to sleep like everything was normal. We both woke up staring dead at each other at like 6 in the morning. I'm like, you tired? He's like, nah. He's like, are you tired? I'm like, nah. So we just set up and talked. What's crazy is we didn't even talk about football. And we laugh about it to this day because we realized we were just nervous. Sitting there getting all hype and our body and nervous energy getting the best of us. But I can appreciate the fact that Lev was nervous about it because that means he cares. Now, he didn't get in the end zone rushing the ball, but he looked damn good receiving it, though. When you play running back, right, and you get the ball behind the line of scrimmage, you got literally 11 guys looking at you, trying to take your head off, right? When you play receiver, if you're in a receiver spot, you catch it out, you maybe have two or three guys, right? So this is the opportunity, like, okay, I, I can get jiggy, I can get busy now, because I got a lot more space. It's not so many people crowding. I don't have to worry about too many blockers blocking for me at one time. And I don't got to worry about too many defenders trying to tackle me at one time. So the first thing, you, when the ball's in the air, you just think and catch it, right? So <laughs> you just see the ball, and it, it feels like sometimes it's coming so slow because you just want to, like, you know you open and you know you just want to catch it and go. So sometimes you got to just focus on catching it and looking at it in. And then secondly, when you look up, you know, oh, okay, now I got space, you know, and it's only a certain amount of times in a football game where you get that, you know? So every time I catch the ball in, in open space, especially if I'm you know, split out wide, I always try to take advantage of it every single time, you know? I'm like low-key thirsty, you know, to try to like get yards, you know, because I just know how hard it is to come by in the NFL. And um, that's, how, that's how I look at it. Cole Beasy played with his new team this week as well against Le'Veon and the Jets. He landed a new contract this offseason, and he didn't forget that when he took the field my first ever regular season game with the Bills. Uh, I was very excited. I actually wasn't nervous at all. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, with the with the new deal and, and my family kind of being taken care of, football has become much more pure for me. 
in the last couple of months. It's made it a lot easier just to go out there and play football and play free. And that's how it should be, man. It's hard to play with a lot of weight on your, on your shoulders, and a lot of guys in the league carry that, you know, the the fear of kind of making a bad play. Even even when you try as hard as you can not to, it still lingers because you know, you know, there's some guys that are undrafted free agents in particular. I mean, if you have a chance in the game, you get your one chance and you blow it, that could be your last chance. You never get one again. So um, I've always kind of carried that in the beginning. I don't know. It's a relief, man. It's, it's a life changer, really. You know, it's funny, man. My first contract was decent. And then I signed a four-year, around $15 million deal in Seattle. And that one was nerve-wracking because I was on a new team. I was at home of all places. And I just felt like I needed to fulfill all of these expectations. But what's wild is my third contract, I wasn't even tripping. I was as comfortable as ever. I think that's why rich people be chilling. They got so much money that they don't need to get nervous. But I feel cold though. You get that new deal, you know exactly where you're supposed to be because they paid you. You know exactly where the money's coming in because the check's clear. And you know that your family and generations to come are gonna be good because the contract is heavy. Congrats, Cole. Well deserved. Now Cole Beasley's former quarterback, Dak Prescott, wants a new contract too. Even though he's up in Buffalo, Cole still keeps in touch with his former QB, and he tells us what he thinks the ownership should do in the Big D. Dak, the Dallas Cowboys had a huge week. Um, I love to see it. You know, he's one of my favorite people. Uh, he's a great teammate. Um, you know, one question people always ask me now, you know, is how is Dak as a quarterback? And that's always kind of a thing that's kind of going around ESPN and everybody's talking about, is he good, is he not? Um, and I told him, I would always tell him this, you know, from day one when he stepped in the huddle of two minute at training camp, um, this was his rookie season and, you know, Romo was, he was taking a vet day and Kellen Moore had just broken, uh, I, don't, I don't remember if he broke his ankle or what it was, um, but he was out too. So Dak stepped in a two minute in training camp. So this is the first time I had even ever seen Dak and he was stepping in the huddle with us. Um, you know, and I, I've been in a few huddles with a few different quarterbacks, but just the way he took over it, like it was always his, was incredible to see. You know, and this this is coming from, you know, a rookie, and he just displayed this confidence about him, you know, that, that it was his and it always had been his. And just the way he calls the plays and run the show, with that confidence, it just expands to the rest of the guys on the field. You know, he instills belief in everyone, in every one of his teammates. And, you know, that's really something that you – can't coach you know a guy just has that or he doesn't and it's hard to explain the feeling you get from um from a guy coming in the huddle and stepping in with that authority and that confidence um how it makes you feel you know approaching that drive if you just look at the numbers um I don't see why you don't pay Dak um as well you know as as paying Zeke um I feel like they have to you know there it's hard to to find a guy like that and um you know, good quarterbacks are really hard to come by uh, at this level. And you never know if a guy is going to, like, there's always these guys that are super hyped coming out of college. You never know if he's going to be the real deal or if he's going to be a bust. It's kind of hard to tell with quarterbacks sometimes because you don't know what kind of guy mentally you're getting. Um, and the mental aspect is huge at quarterback. So um, I feel like when you find a, a guy who's just born to lead like that, you got to stick with him and you got to roll with him. And I think they know it, and I think they'll take care of him in the in, – um, I don't know when, but sometime soon.
damn right pay that man. And I'm not just saying pay that man because all ball players want everybody to get paid. Did you see what Dak did in the first game? He threw it to everybody. Jason Witten got in the end zone. Randall Cobb got in the end zone. Mark Cooper got in the end zone. Zeke got in the end zone. If my old ass was out there, I would have gotten in the end zone. Hey, y'all better pay Dak because you know what? He running up that price on you, Jerry, and I know how you like to save money. While the Jags and the Jets lost this week, both Ramsey and Bale were quick to shout out bright spots on the opposite side of the ball. I think the defense did a very good job. They did a tremendous job on, on that side of the ball. I wish uh, we, as an offense, you know, including myself, I wish we would have played a little better to help those guys out because it's only high level you can play for a certain amount of time when you're going against another team that got professional athletes too, you know, so those guys eventually end up clicking and start making some plays on our defense, but our defense did a great job, I feel like, and they're going to watch the film, and they're going to feel like, oh, there was a lot of things we could have done better, but as an offensive player and, you know, being a guy that everybody looks at on the offense, I feel like we could have definitely put up more points. I think, you know, if a team has 17 points, that's a winnable game. Like, we should have more than 17, you know, especially being up 16 nothing. You know, the defense did their job. Um, you know, so, I mean, as a whole unit, we obviously got to get better, but the defense definitely impressed me because the overall unit as a defense, you know, those guys got four turnovers. Like, that's not – <laughs> coming around every game, you know. Um, the fact that those guys were able to do that, they could have had five, right? Because actually he could have had six because Marcus Way had one. He got picked off and he got called back. You know what I'm saying? So it was like those guys was out there playing. Yeah, they was playing. This offseason, Le'Veon Bell had his first taste of what being an NFL free agent is like. After flying under the radar throughout high school and college, he appreciated being sought after as a commodity on the biggest stage. My whole career, my whole life for real, I've never been like really highly touted, if that's what you wanna kinda call it. You know, in high school I wasn't like a highly recruited guy. You know, I mean, you kinda had the five stars where they could have picked anywhere they wanted to go, you know, but I didn't have that out of high school, you know, so to have that on the biggest stage, you know, the biggest, you know, level of football and know I could have went just about anywhere I wanted, it felt good, you know, and I enjoyed all of the process of it, you know, getting to meet you know, talk to guys that recruit with me to the teams, and it was fun, you know. I mean, I wouldn't take that for granted at all. I mean, for real, the coolest thing for me was just, like, this training with the guys that I, I wouldn't normally train with, you know, just because they had hopes of me being on their team, you know. Um, guys that were really recruiting me, and then, you know, we would go out, maybe have some dinner, you know, maybe have some fun like at a club or something, you know. But just bonding with, like, a lot of guys around the league, you know, you see them on TV, and you don't really know how they are until you're actually with them, you know, and um, it's so different when you, you know, meet somebody in person like Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that versus when you see them on TV, you know, you get a whole different person. And they probably feel the same way about me, you know, so um, it was just cool just really meeting guys around the league and, um, you know, traveling and really just kind of being on my own schedule. In high school, I had 14 catches with seven touchdowns, though. I mean, I had some scholarship offers, but... Not as many as I thought I deserved, so I went to Nevada, Reno. Led the nation in yards and catches. Still drafted in the third round. I get in the league, and I play number two to just about everybody. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. Now, nothing against them. Those guys are the truth. The point I'm trying to make is I know what it's like to be overlooked. But that's what makes us hungry, though. There's a reason why Lev runs so hard. There's a reason why he's so damn talented. 
It's because he got all of that motivation. The Jags have a tough one this upcoming week against the Texans. And you know what that means for Jalen? I'll most likely be matched up against DeAndre Hopkins a lot of this game, as I usually am, uh, year after year. And we've had amazing battles throughout the years of me being in the league. Kind of had back and forth battles, had battles that have been dominated by him, have had battles that have kind of been dominated by me. Uh, this is a matchup that I look forward to every single year. It's Mr. 99 on Madden, uh, the only receiver to get the 99 overall rating. So what does that mean? I guess that means that he does everything well, and he's unguardable on Madden. So we're going to have to try to figure out a way to guard him in real life. He has the ability to make short catches and take them, you know, all the way to the house. He has the ability to take the top off. He has the ability to make the intermediate catches, uh, you know, the contested catches, catches in traffic, uh, the spectacular catches, the one-handed catches, the tough ones. Um, he can truly make every catch in the book uh, that a receiver, that you would like a number one receiver to make. And uh, he has a great connection with his quarterback. There's not really many flaws you can put to his game. So we have to be, and me in particular, I have to be on my A game. Jalen Ramsey knows that the Texans looked real solid in week one. But in the AFC South, the top spot can shift from week to week and season to season. They're where we want to be. Two years ago, we were the AFC South champs. Last year, they were. So now we got to... Uh, we got to fight to earn that and take that back from them. Lev has the Browns on Monday night, and he has a direct message for the Jets fans headed into week two. We got the talent. We got the coaching staff. We have the fan base, you know, to get this done. So I'm going to just need everybody to tap in, you know, stay believing us. We need this Monday night game to be live. We got the Browns. We got a, a good opponent coming in. You know, they got a lot of hype about them. You know, so we need the fans to go crazy. And even though he's with a new team, Cole Beasley faces a familiar opponent in week two. The Giants this week, I felt good playing in the in the stadium last week because the Jets play the same place than the Giants do. So even though it looked completely different, it was almost like a brand new stadium. You know, with it, I've never seen it green before, so it, it was weird. But, you know, I thought I was going to be in a, a new division playing against a bunch of different teams, but actually this year we play against the division I just came from. So it just gives you this sort of confidence, you know, to go in and play a team that you've already played before instead of just an unknown, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like. We're going to finish up the show with stuff that just couldn't make the cut. Le'Veon Bell talked about his passion off the field, Cole Beasley talking about the most expensive watch he ever bought, and Jalen Ramsey assuring his fans he's not spending too much time talking with us. My album's done. I'm, I'm trying to do it different than any other athlete does, right? When you're an athlete, they don't want to take your music serious. So I'm not trying to do it like any other athlete has done. So I'm going to drop my single with Lil Durk, and he's like one of the hottest you know, artists there is in the game. So I'm not trying to do it like how I've previously been doing it. I've been previously doing it like my athlete that's a rapper too, you know, but now I'm really being an artist with everything, you know, and there's a completely different. You know, a $350,000 watch just sounds crazy to me in the first place. Not my rookie deal, but the second deal that I got, which was with the Cowboys still, uh, I spent 11000 on a Rolex. I bought that and I, I had one son at the time and I was like, okay, this is how I kind of like, because I knew it was crazy in my mind, but how I kind of came to peace with that was, oh, I hand it down to my son when he gets older. You know, that was kind of the deal you, you kind of say to make yourself feel a little bit better about it. 
and you can't be, you know, ranting on your podcast for, for three hours or these fans going to kill me uh, for not watching film. You know, they think, you know, they think I should be watching film and practicing it 24-7. Uh, but no, man, I got a life, too. I want to do this podcast. I'm probably going to go home and play a little 2K as well. I'm still 24 years old right now. I turned 25 in October. I'm, I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to go home and FaceTime my daughter, too. That's another thing I'm going to do. Well, I'm not watching film 24-7. We are human, too. But I will get all that in, I promise you. Just remember, it's just week one. We're going into week two. It's a long NFL season. It's a lot of good teams here in this NFL, and we are battling and competing every week, week in and week out, to make sure that we put ourselves in the right position to get wins after wins after wins after wins after wins. And that's the way we're going to wrap this up today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is available exclusively on the Pandora app and SiriusXM On Demand. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified when the new episode drops every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, then spread the love. Jump on social media, share the show, slide in those DMs, because I know y'all all sliding in DMs already. Don't front like you don't. And at your people, tell you this is the hottest thing out. For 17 Weeks, I'm your host, Nate B., Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show is produced by Gabe Goodwin, Gary Richardson, and Money Matt Ford. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer is my guy TD, St. Matthew Daniel, for Uninterrupted. Special thanks to Jimmy Spencer, Josh Tarno, Aaron Phillips, and Matt Tronzo. Catch y'all next time. We out! We out!